0: Okay, how's it going, everybody? I hope all is well. And again, thanks for listening. Okay, well, so in this episode, I thought I'd try to say something about the difference between between a job and a vocation. I don't know, it seems to me to be a, a truly important distinction. One that can potentially make all the difference in our lives. Okay, well, vocation. So, what is this exactly? Well, it's probably a good idea, as with uh, most things, to go back to beginnings. So, in its very genesis, the word vocation had had an essential spiritual meaning. That's to say, if we go to the earliest use of that term, we see that it actually had a, a religious beginning. More specifically, we see it used in, a, in early Christianity. It's used by, by St. Paul to indicate something like, like God's calling or or bidding or voice. And to be more precise, its meaning was, a, was something like this. It's that a person had a vocation if they were inspired by God to show their gifts and talents in the service of the common good. In other words, to be assigned a vocation was something like to heed a a divine calling to use one's own unique gifts as an individual to ultimately manifest a higher social and spiritual purpose. So in its earliest use then, vocation is tied to performing work that involves both individual talent or uniqueness and to broader social function or purpose. And actually, this characterization of vocation stays pretty much the same throughout the ages, even in what became its, uh, its secular or non-religious form. I mean, uh, the philosopher John Dewey, writing nearly 2,000 years later in uh, 1916, says that to be called to a personal vocation is to do work that is congenial to one's unique aptitudes and so rewarding to oneself but also that the consequences of what one does, those are beneficial to others. So vocation, then, is work, but it's a special kind of work. It's not what often passes for, uh, for work today. Today, it's mostly about a job and a career, isn't it? Where the aim, for the most part, is uh, profit over purpose and consumption and getting ahead with little priority on the promotion of the common good. It has little to do with moving in a direction true to oneself, little to do with uh, fostering both personal meaning and relations with others, and to live according to an overarching purpose. Maybe another way of thinking about all of this, this difference between a job and a vocation, is that while a job can often be divorced from who we really are, A vocation is in alignment with our values and our ethical principles, and so we're tied to it existentially. In other words, there's no real distinct space between our vocation and the rest of our lives and our identity and our personal destiny. Life and character and vocation are one in the deepest sense. Now, can we really say that about a job or a career? And remember that I'm using these words in distinction to vocation. Is our career our life? How does spending 30 years doing something largely for extrinsic reasons, if that's what we're doing, how is that helping to answer the questions, who am I? What can I do to make the world a little better? And how do I want to best make use of this very short life that I'm granted? Now, in all of this, I do want to give a quick qualification. I want to make sure that it's clear that I'm not dismissing the reality of putting food on the table. There are necessities, and they take priority, of course. Okay, well, anyway, so, do you know where I sometimes go when I think of a uh, personal vocation? I go to Nietzsche. And in particular, I go to what he has to say in uh, one of his earlier works called Schopenhauer as educator. You see, there, he talks a lot about how important it is to find out what your personal calling is. I mean, uh, it's so easy, he says, to just capitulate and, uh, and follow others, shackled as we are by popular opinion about what we should do in life. But we have to resist such easy desires, because they're not indicative of who we really are. Well, but then, who are we? And uh, how do we figure that out? Well, okay, here's, here's his answer. And uh, because it's impossible to outdo Nietzsche in language, I'll just quote him. This is what he says. He says, What have you truly loved thus far? What has uplifted your soul? What has dominated and delighted it at the same time? Now, assemble these revered objects in a row before you, and maybe they will reveal a law by their nature and their order. The fundamental law of your very self. In other words, look closely at your life through time, and amidst all the clutter and the noise and the conformity, see what has given you the greatest moments of inspiration— and then place them all together and look for the common thread between them. Well, that thread, that's a golden thread you should follow and cultivate because at the end of it is you and your liberation. This is getting to your root, the root of a plant that's been covered in weeds. Now that's the call you should be heeding. A voice that comes from from deep within, not from outside of you. As Nietzsche says, to heed this call is waking up to oneself out of the anesthesia in which we're commonly enshrouded as if in a gloomy cloud. Well, maybe if we follow Nietzsche's counsel here, we might begin to see work differently. I don't know, maybe we'll find some jobs just too tiny for our newly found spirit to fit in. Maybe we'll realize, like Vincent van Gogh did, that we have a great fire in our soul that could warm so many others. Maybe we can make a living out of what we love and love the living at the same time. So let's listen for that calling then. For that voice that promises to transform what we wake up to in the mornings. A horizon not of the mundane, but of the meaningful.